to Apostle Brian on this morning. Minister Brian on this morning to each of you in your respective places. Um, Apostle has told us that we have about 15 minutes. Do what God says. So I'm not going to prolong the time. Um, I'm going to get right into what God has given me. And she keeps kept using that word preach, but I'm not going to preach today. I don't even know if you can call this a sermon. I just want to talk um, to his house on this morning about vision and give you what God has given me. So if you'll notice with me in the book of Habakkuk, the second chapter, verses 1 and 2, and if I could have everyone standing. Um, I would like for us to read these two verses together. Habakkuk, the second chapter, the first and second verses. I'll be reading from the King James Version. And we, we can all read together. And it says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me. And what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run. Amen. And the word of the Lord is blessed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people and to give them what you have given me, O oh God, Father. I pray that I will sit down now, that you will stand up in me, that you will speak through me and give your people what it is that you will have for them to receive today regarding vision. God, as we go into a new year, God, I pray that um, minds are open. I pray that hearts are open. I pray that um, we are ready to walk into and receive what it is that you will have for us in this house. God, I thank you and I bless you now. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So as we enter into a new year, like I said, Apostle charged myself and Minister Vernon this morning with speaking about vision. And as I began to uh, study this topic, I was looking and I found that there's a lot of information and there's many aspects of vision and there's many different types of vision. So what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about three roles in effectively leading, communicating, and carrying out a vision. And this can be in any church, um, but this morning I want to talk to his house about vision. Um, so the three roles that I want to talk about this morning are vision creators, Vision casters and vision carriers. Creators, casters, and carriers of the vision. So the first role is the vision creator. And in case you haven't figured it out, the vision for this house was given to or created through our apostle. So Apostle Bryant is the vision creator. Um, how many of you were here a couple of weeks ago when Apostle Henry was here? <clears throat> and you went through that uh, exercise that she gave us um, that kind of shows you what a pastor goes through on a continual basis, day after day, 24-7, 365. So how many of you have a newfound understanding and a whole new level of respect for what it is that Apostle Bryant has to deal with on a continual basis. So some of y'all are still in recovery, right? Because you had no idea that she had to deal with all of that. Well, I'm about to mess you up even more. Because if Apostle Henry had taken that list of however many items were on that list, 27, 28, 30, something like that, 
And if she had broken down each one of those line items on that list into the step-by-step -step process that it sometimes takes to carry out each one, that one-page list would have turned into a booklet. So, because when you're a vision creator, you don't just receive a vision today and it's manifested tomorrow. There's a process that vision carriers have to go through in order for the vision to be manifested. So if we look at verse 1 of the passage that we just read, it says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower or the place of meditating and waiting to hear from God as to what he wants and will watch to see what he will say to me. So the first thing a creator has to do is see the vision. If apostle didn't see the vision, or she didn't believe the vision herself, how was she going to get any of us to buy into it? So she had to see the vision for this house for herself. That's the first thing that she had to do. And being able to see the vision is important because vision determines action and vision determines outcome. And verse 2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. So the next thing a vision creator has to do is to write it out. In order for pastor's vision to become reality, she had to first take the vision that God had shown her and put it into words. She had to write it out. And then she had to make sure that her words lined up with the word of God. And once the vision was clear to her, then she could clearly communicate the vision to us. Amen. 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 Verse 2 says, and make it plain upon tables. Simplify it. She had to simplify it. She had to make a permanent record, but make it simple enough and easy enough for anyone who reads it to understand it. She had to create structure. She had to put structure in order to move the vision forward. It's not enough just to know where you're going and to have a plan to get there, you have to put policies and procedures and structure and develop systems in order to make the vision for the house more effective. So she had to write it out, simplify it, and put structure to it. Then she had to teach it. She had to teach it to all of us. Her philosophy of ministry as a whole. The overall vision and the mission for the ministry, she had to teach it to us. So I've been a part of his house since the beginning. And I've seen the best of times. And I've seen the worst of times. And I've seen everything in between. And most of you... Any of you who have been here for the last two or three years, you've seen the best of times, you've seen the worst of times, and you've seen everything in between. And I'm convinced that the reason Apostle has not quit, the reason she's still here, is because her vision for this ministry would allow her to quit. Because trust me, there were plenty of times when things didn't look so good. But the thing about visionaries is visionaries don't look, they see. Visionaries don't look, they see. What do I mean by that? It's easy to get distracted and discouraged by looking with your physical eye at your current circumstances and situations. But Apostle's vision gives her the ability to see with her spiritual eyes and to see beyond whatever the current state is to what she knows that God has told her and shown her for this house. So she doesn't look, she sees, she see, she looks beyond, she sees beyond what we can see with our natural eyes, what's in front of us right now. So the second role I want to talk about is vision casters. And I would imagine that in a lot of churches, the pastor is also the single vision caster. Is the pastor the lead caster? Yes. But the pastor should never be the only vision caster. 
In order for the vision to be shaped, to be sustained, and to be continually communicated to more and more people, somebody other than the pastor has to be a vision caster. It can't just be pastor. And vision casting, in simple terms, just means communicating the vision so that others make your vision their own. And a vision caster is basically anyone who publicly or corporately communicates the vision. So if you're a youth leader and you're teaching and training the youth and setting expectations for our young people that are in line with the vision of the house, you're a vision caster. If you teach Sunday school and you teach series on being kingdom disciples, and living victoriously in difficult times, and how do you walk the walk you talk, and how to make choices you won't regret, you're helping to communicate and to teach the foundational beliefs and furthering the vision of the ministry and its members, you're a vision caster. If you work in administration or with finances, and can communicate and operate within the policies and procedures and the structure that has been set in place for the operation of the ministry, then you're a vision caster. Have you ever seen or sat in an office chair, a computer chair, push the shopping cart, see a hospital bed being moved, from one place to the other. Then you've seen casters in action. Casters are small objects that a larger object is mounted on to enable that object to be moved easily from one place to the other. So when you're a vision caster, you mount up with the vision. The vision is mounted on you and you move it from person to person and place to place, just like those casters that's on those chairs that make it easy to move. And the last role in moving the vision forward that I want to talk about today is the vision carriers. In the passage of scripture in verse 2, after the vision is written, after it's made plain upon tables, it says, that he may run that readeth it. So if you've ever read the vision statement, if you've ever heard pastor teach or preach, if you've ever been in a worship service, if you've been to a Sunday school or a Bible study class, a business meeting, and in service training day, if you've done the spiritual gifts inventory and know what areas you should be operating in, you should be a vision carrier. But before I ask who the vision carriers are, let me tell you some of the traits mm. of a vision carrier. Oh a vision carrier serves with joy. Mm. You're excited to serve. You seek out opportunities to serve. And when I say serve, I don't mean just inside these walls. Because remember, our mission statement talks about loving and serving our community and building relationships with our neighbors and evangelizing and making disciples. But the operative word is joy. Do it with joy. If you got an attitude, your face all twisted up, your motive or your agenda isn't pure, have a seat. Because you, you're not doing it with joy. One of the second traits of a vision carrier is a vision carrier invests. You can have a vision all you want. But if you don't have the folks and you don't have the finances to advance the vision, where is it going to go? And if you're really a vision carrier, your heart is going to be in it. And when your heart is in something, you don't mind sacrificing your time, your talents, or your giving at a generous level to make sure that it's taken care of. Listen, we're a small ministry, but we never operated like a small ministry. 
And that's one of the things that I appreciate about our pastor. We do some big things here at his house. And she requires that whatever we do is done in excellence because we're doing it as unto the Lord. Not for not for apostle. Not to make a name for ourselves. We're doing it as unto the Lord. Invest. There's plenty of work to be done. We're more than happy to work around your schedule. (laughs) Your family obligations and so forth. But we also need to remember that investment involves sacrifice. Everything is not going to be convenient. And everything is not going to be comfortable. It involves sacrifice. I work I work overnights, and y'all have no idea how much time I spend during the day, either out here at the ministry, at home handling ministry business, running around handling ministry business during the course of the day, when I could be at home sleeping, because I got to go right back to work at night again. But I make those sacrifices because I carry the vision of this house in my heart. And I want to do my part to help the vision move forward. And I'm blessed because of it. Amen? Invest in the vision in order to move it forward. And the last thing I want to say um, the vision carriers do is you speak positively and you invite people. If you love where you worship, you're going to be enthusiastic about it. And you're going to talk it up to other people. You're going to invite them to come and see what your enthusiasm is all about. If nothing else, his house is known for their hospitality, and we're known for the way we show love. Invite somebody to come and experience that. And you know they're going to get good word. Because our our pastor is one of the greatest teachers there is. So you know they're going to get work. And find somebody else to come in and share that experience. Okay, so now that I've shared those traits of what a vision carrier is, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I want you to think about it. Think about those traits I just spoke to you about and ask yourself, am I being the best vision carrier that I can be? Am I running with the vision like it says in the second chapter of Habakkuk? And if not, ask yourself, what can I do better? What can I do differently to be a true vision carrier? It's something to think about. Ponder that. Self-examine yourself. Self-examination. Ask yourself those questions. Listen, it's, we're about to enter into a new year, a new decade. It's go time. It's time to go. There's a lot of work to be done. And I don't know about y'all, but I think I've told Apostle and I've told some other people, I'm, I'm in expectation of God for God to do some, some awesome things in, in 2020. I'm, I'm expecting some, some things to, to jump off, some things to happen. We're small in number, but we've seen God work wonders in us and through us. And if we would all just grab a hold to the vision and do our part to the best of our ability, God will blow our minds. God will blow our minds. There's so much he has in store for us, but we have to do our part to further the vision. So I'm challenging all of us today and I'm including myself in this next year. Let's step up. Let's pick up the vision and run with it. Cast it. Carry it. And watch those things that have been spoken over this house begin to come to pass because of the vision that God has placed in the one that he has stationed over this house. God bless you. Come on, y'all can do better than that.
I actually wish that Pastor had done it the other way and put me first. Not because of, you know, just wanting to get it done, but, you know, he kind of gave me an opportunity to think about this thing. And um, it almost feels like I needed to explain some things to you all first. And I think that, you know, had it gone the other way, there would have been a little bit of background given uh, for you. Of course, whenever we hear about, uh, in, in a spiritual sense, the, the, the concept of vision, we immediately go to Habakkuk, to that verse. But one of the things that we have been doing this year, and I don't know how many of you are still reading the Bible through with us this year, honestly. How many folks? Maybe I'm like the only one still. Wow. So we are at Revelation. We are at the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, the Apostle John is given a vision. And God literally tells him in the in Revelation, the first verse, the first chapter, the 19th verse, he says, Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are. And the things which shall be hereafter. Right. Vision. And in Acts the second chapter. There is another passage of scripture that is relevant to this situation. And it says there in the 17th verse. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your, your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So as we uh, ponder what Pastor has asked us, and based on those scriptures, but also what we were just looking at in our Sunday school lesson, God asked me to kind of challenge you a little bit to say, or to think about vision versus blindness. Vision versus blindness. First and foremost, you know, many uh, preachers will automatically go to Merriam-Webster and give you the definition of the word and all that kind of thing. And so I did look at that. And, and the, the, the irony is that um, also in this year, um, I've been challenged a lot of times to uh, take a passage of scripture and not just gloss over it, but to ponder it, to think about it. And um, especially at certain key times of the year, we think about Easter. And oftentimes we read the scriptures about Christ being crucified. And we read that story, but we don't necessarily ponder it. We kind of gloss over it. And we don't think about what it really, truly means. And what it truly, what Christ truly went through as he went through that crucifixion. And if you ponder it and understand it, then it gives you a little bit better understanding of why we're here and what we're supposed to be doing. And so on uh, this past Thursday, I was asked to lead uh, the Thursday morning men's Bible study, and I was telling them a little bit about that in, uh, during Sunday school. And so I said to them, God told me, let's look at the Christmas story. And all of us know the Christmas story because Linus told it to us over and over in the Charlie Brown movie. And all of us can recite it, right? But have you ever pondered it beyond it just being a good thing to say at Christmas time? So as I thought about that, it made me understand that there's times when there is an actual blindness that occurs with us. And there are so many reasons for that. And when you think about vision and blindness, there's a couple concepts. You know, when we're talking about this vision, we're not talking about um, the kind of vision where, you know, literally what you see out of your eyes, you know, how, the, uh, how God put us together so that, you know, the colors and the shapes and all those things uh, are hit by the retina, then that makes electrical signals that tell our brain, blah, 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 blah. That's not the kind of vision we're talking Okay, that all the scientific understanding of it. We're also not talking about the kind of vision where, uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, there's all kinds of TV shows about people having visions, and oftentimes the visions are things that scatter the death. 
you know, because it's, you know, it may be, you know, all kinds of weird things happen and people have visions, dreams, chan uh, you know, sometimes folks get high and they have visions. Wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. That's not what we're talking about either. We're talking about the concept of seeing something, conceiving, having an idea, uh, looking at something and seeing something beyond what you see. And um, for me, this is this is something that I I I do a lot. And um, so one of the things that, that you may some of you know about me is that um, I the reason we are down here we said that before is because of uh, me getting a job to help create a botanical garden. And so in that process, we had to see something that was not there and visualize what it could be. There was a vision. Part of that vision that came for me was, I, I say, I kept saying, we got to have, you know, holiday lights. We got to decorate the garden for, holiday, for the holiday. And during the month of December every year, that vision has become a reality. And if you haven't seen it, I invite you to see the vision that has become reality by coming and experiencing those lights. So it's, it's been one of those things for me where I can close my eyes at times and see something and understand it and then begin to put together the pieces to figure out how to get from where we are to where we want to be. And that is also what Pastor has done in and Minister Kendrick so eloquently put together for you to talk about that vision for this ministry. And the question that came to, again to my mind was, can you see it? Or are you blind? Can you see it? Or are you blind? And as I thought about vision, especially this kind of vision, first and foremost, first and foremost, this has to be a thing of God. And so you have to seek God for the vision. There are times in our lives when um, we want stuff, and we think that God has given it or has ordained it for us. And, you know, sometimes it's the farthest thing for the truth because we haven't sought God. We just get busy, and we get to doing And then we get all frustrated and out of shape because the thing don't work. Because God had nothing to do with it. We, we often talk in Sunday school about good things versus God things. And there are many good things in this earth that are done. But not all good things are God things. That's right. That's right. And on the flip side, not all bad things are not God things. Because God did not promise us a bed of wine and roses. Right, right, right. The vision is not always easy. It is Have not mercy. always paid with good Have mercy. and positive. Have mercy. So if you understand the vision, then you have to also understand that there is going to be work. There's going to be travail in it. When Mary caught the vision that the angel God gave her, she understood that it wasn't going to be easy because she was going against every tradition of that day and time. But she said, Lord, I'm your, I'm your handmaid. Do with me as you will. A vision is not always mean that it's going to be hunky-dory. Right. Another thing that you have to understand is that um, like many things in life, there are situations when there may be a vision and your vision may not be the most important one. Your vision. And as, as, as a husband and as a father, sometimes I've had to um, back down because what I thought and where I wanted us to go and where I wanted us to be was not truly what 
needed to have happen. And so I had to understand that God didn't give me a, 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 a what do you call it, the, the end all, the be all vision for the family. <laughs> that there were others who have that God speaks to and through that bring part of that. So even as we think about the, the vision for this church, there have been times when pastor has had to listen to others about things. That didn't change the overall vision. But as we think about the nuances of how we get from point A to point B, as I said in uh, my, our vision about the garden, we had to compromise about many things, especially about money. Because you can, you can, you can dream million dollars, but if you only got hundred. Yeah! Yeah! Help us! And sometimes you have to understand, you know, that, you know, uh, that somebody speaking truth in that situation is what needs to be done. So that, so that part of that vision. The other thing about the vision is that we have to remember that we're all in it together. As uh, Pastor, as uh, Minister Kendrick said, you know, uh, Pastor could have a vision, but if there was, weren't others to go along with her, then she'd be just having a vision by herself. Now, that doesn't negate the fact that God can do many things through one person. But it is also understood that God made us community. And as community, we are called to work together. And as, again, as, uh, as part of what Minister Kendrick said, being carriers and casters, we all work together to carry the ministry. So we're all important to this ministry. So never ever think that I'm not an important part of it. No matter how young you are, That's right. no matter how old we are, we all have a part and a role to play in the vision that is his house. Another thing is that remember that you don't have all the answers. And sometimes the answer that you have is not the right one. And for you to understand that means that you have to walk in humility. We have to walk in humility. Because God called us to be humble servants. But we also have to be not afraid to give the answer. Another thing about this vision thing that, again, goes along with what uh, Minister Kendrick says is that we have to understand that our we, we bring life experiences to this thing. And our life experiences help us to understand how to get the vision to become reality. Part of my life experience that allowed me to be able to help build the Botanic Garden was that I studied horticulture and I worked around plants and I worked at a botanical garden in the, in, the, in, the, in the past. And so it allowed me to be able to bring those life experiences to that thing, to help it become reality. The same thing applies here at this house. God has given each of us life experiences. We're all different. We're all uh, God's unique creations. We all each have a testimony. A testimony that will help someone else. So what Pastor went through may not help John. And what Vernon went through may not help Sally. And what you went through may not help Joe. But he brought us here together because our life experiences will help someone right. along this journey. Right. So we asking, we're asking you to use what God has given you to help this ministry, this vision to move forward. You are a vital part of it. Don't ever underestimate what you are and what you mean to this ministry. Sometimes we get our feelings on our cups and sometimes when we are called out for doing stuff that we ain't supposed to be doing, then we get upset and we want to walk away. Or we want to, you know, uh, sit down on our, you know, sit down. No, 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 no. Because the vision 
needs you to help carry and cast it. And your life experiences are important to that. So I'm encouraging you to do that. But on the other side of that thing is, you can't just follow a vision blindly. God did not give you a brain. He did not give you a free will for you to just follow blindly. You have to know that you know that you know that you know. Because of the fact that God gave each of us the ability to seek and to search his word. My friend that does the Thursday morning Bible study always talks about the passage of scripture that says that the, that the Bereans were more noble than the rest because they searched the word daily to see if these things were so. So if we are going to, uh, to, to carry and to cast the vision, we can't just simply rely on what pastor feeds us in 20 minutes on Sunday morning. We can't just rely on what I teach you in Sunday school on Sunday morning. We can't just rely on what we get in, in our uh, power nuggets on Wednesday mornings. We've got to search the word daily for ourselves so that we understand the vision and so that we can make it plain and that we can carry it properly and with power and with authority. Because also, we don't want to end up being like Jim Jones. Mm-hmm. Drinking the Kool Aid. What you say? And getting up out of here for no good reason. Right. So you've got to know that you know. And even with that, there's times when if the vision, if the leader strays from the vision, if the leader has something that's not setting right with you, we all understand that God can, as she said earlier, He can talk through a. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but again, your life experiences, your your place in this ministry is so vitally important to where we end up that you have to be willing to challenge because what God has given you may be what we need in that moment to move forward. So I challenge you, I challenge all of us as we take this vision and run for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years as his house worship center. You know, part of the vision is that, you know, pastor ain't going to be here forever. She may be here for another 30, 40 years, but not forever. But wouldn't it be wonderful to see the next generation? That's right that has gathered and gained this thing, and that is pushing along with us, that's following up behind us, the next generation. Wouldn't it be nice for you all for us to see the the works of our hand manifested in a wonderful and powerful way? So we need all of us to gather together to make the vision plain, to carry it, to cast it, to do this thing. So I just leave you again. With a choice. Are you going to get the vision? Or are you going to choose to stay blind? Are you going to get with the program as they say? God's program in this case. God's program. Or are you going to allow Satan. To, to, help, to help you. To cause you to hinder the vision. Because that's the other side of this. Is that there's an opportunity. That if you're not with the vision, that you are going to hinder the vision. And all of us want to hear God say, my good and faithful servant, well done. When you do get to that point of transition, I know I do. So I'm trying to do everything I can in my power to not get in the wrong, be in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing. And I know that by having by serving here in his house, by hearing pastor's vision, by doing my best to follow through with that vision that I am helping to ensure ensure my well done. And I hope that I am inspiring each of you to get to your well done. But we can only do it together.
giving God your life. I'm not talking about you gave God your life and then life happened and then you got back on the wagon. I'm not talking about that. I mean, for real, for real, sure enough, you've been talking out the side of your mouth every time, but right now, you're not saying it with your mouth, you're saying it with your heart. If you desire to have a relationship with Jesus, you've never had one before on the real, and you want to have one right now, you understand that the only way to get to heaven and spend eternity with God is to have a relationship with Jesus right now. You understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that he wasn't just saying it to sound like he was somebody. He was saying it because that's our roadmap to salvation. If you're here on today and if you don't know Jesus and the pardon of your sins and you for real showing up, but on the shadow of a doubt, don't want to go into 2020 not knowing him for the realness that he is, will you slip your hand in the air that we might pray with you? If you're here on today and if you say, I had a relationship with Jesus, and, and, and really I meant it when I said it, but I let life get in the way. I let my, my, my thoughts, my desires, my wants to get in the way of his desires, his wants for my life. And I am tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired of my life being the way that it is. And I'm really ready for real, for real, to let God lead and govern, even if it means that my wants never come to pass and his wants become the forefront of my life. If that's you, when you slip your head in the air. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Father, we thank you. We thank you for those that lifted their hands, God, that they're saying for real, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I want to have a relationship with God. I did let life happen. I did allow situations and circumstances to just cause me to fall short of his grace, but God has still been good to me. He still graced me. He still provided for me. He still kept me. He still protected me. He still shielded me. And I owe him my life. And so I want to have a relationship in a real way. God, only you can do it. Only you can do it. I can sit, I can lay hands, I can preach, I can prophesy. But God, you see their heart. So God, I pray that you will reconnect with their heart. You never stepped out of line. They did, God. But God, they're coming back with their arms open wide, wanting you, wanting to be a part of what it is that you're doing in your life's plan. God, I pray that you would hear their heart. God, that you would allow them to reconnect with you, oh God, and that's what you've always wanted all along. God, that have a love affair with them like never before. And Father, we bless you and we give your name glory. Now, God, I want to just give a quick message to the enemy. I know they said we shouldn't give them any place, but we're not giving them a place. We're setting them on notice. You've tried to mess with us entirely too much. You've tried to pull us away too much when we said we want to walk with God. Yeah, we know life going to happen. We know situations will occur. But you've messed with our emotions. You've messed with our heart. You've messed with our mind. And we came to set you on notice. But you won't play with us anymore. I'm not, we're not going to let you just run ramshot up in our lives anymore. We're not going to let you just play with our emotions anymore. So devil, we came to set you on notice that we're not here to play with you. We know your demise is already a locked in deal and that's why you're trying to mess with us. But we know that just like Job, God has picked us out to be picked on because he knows he can consider us. God, we do thank you for the consideration because you knew we wouldn't walk away. We wouldn't allow this life to go out without getting it right with you. And God, I thank you. I thank you for allowing us to have opportunity to be able to come back and get it right with you. And God, I know that heaven, heaven is celebrating for those that have come back and said, I don't want to leave you ever again. I don't want to be away from you, God, ever again. I know heaven is celebrating, so we're going to celebrate here on earth, God, that the devil lost again. And we thank God that he lost again. We give you glory, God, that he's still a defeated and we celebrate. And we give you glory. Now, Father, we honor you and we give your name praise for what it is you've done in this house. What it is you've done this year. What it is you've done this decade. Because, God, through the decade we have been here, this completes our full decade with you. And you have been so gracious to us. God, there's not a time that we can say you let us down. So we say thank you. Thank you for the vision that you placed forth in this house. That vision has never gone to the wayside, never gone to pass. We never sat there waiting on you to bring the vision to pass. Matter of fact, you've been waiting on us. So, God, we're standing here and we're declaring right now that we will bring your vision to pass through our lives. 
And God, we give your name glory and we give it praise. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Come on, if you believe it, put those glad hands together and give God praise in this place. His house, here comes your prompt. If you desire to be a member of the greatest ministry in the world. A place where we love God and we love each other. We seek ways to love and serve our community. Carla, I didn't realize that that was you sitting out there. I saw Gwen. I just immediately thought it was her daughters. Hey, Mrs. Wilson, how are you? Yes, I pause to say that. We love God and we love each other. We seek ways to love and serve our community. Through that, we build relationships with our neighbors and we exist to evangelize and disciple the world one household at a time. If you desire to be a member of the greatest ministry in the world, His House Worship Center, will you come? Come on. Come on. Here's the one. All right. Yeah, I did all that. All right. And I'll do it every time. Because this is the greatest ministry in the world. Amen. 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 Come on, somebody give God a hand. Uh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, we did things a little differently because I wanted them to be able to go ahead and give the word on today. But somebody say it's offering time. Somebody say it's my turn to be blessed. You ain't saying it like it's really your turn to be blessed. Come on, say it like you really mean it. Is it your turn to be blessed? Yeah. When you're tired of seeing everybody else being blessed, you celebrate with them. You sit there and say hallelujah, but you're tired of saying next, I'm next. And you're waiting on it, come on. Then you say, it's my turn to be blessed. Listen, if you're doing it through the, uh, the Faith Life app, please give. You're giving there. If you are giving by uh, card, please see Tiaran in the back. If you are giving by cash, a check. Please understand that we will take your money. Amen. As long as your check don't have rubber in it. Hallelujah. Amen. While you are getting your offer prepared, let me also say this. Is, if this is your first time worshiping with us, please don't feel obligated to give any offering. However, we would be remiss if we would not give you an opportunity to worship with us in our giving. Let's run a couple of announcements. A couple of announcements.